Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where you get to hear the pastors talk about the upcoming preaching texts. Yay! This is exciting. Woo! You can't see me, but I'm cheers in my yes. cup of coffee. Yay! It is a joy to be with all of you today. I am Pastor Eric, and I am here with... Pastor Megan! Yay. And my cup of coffee. Yes. <laughs> the, the strong brew. Oh, no, I didn't get the strong brew this oh, morning. Right. It's the weak brew. But I, for those of you wondering at home, it's still good coffee. Yes. <laughs> I've never had a coffee that is not a good coffee. That's right. Well, so everyone, thank you for being with us. We are continuing our sermon series uh, and uh, our scripture readings in worship on the book of Romans. And uh, so just a little uh, recap, maybe a yeah. brief reminder of what what's Wh- the premise. What, what we're doing so. here. Yeah. <laughs> So remember, folks, that when you hear uh, the title of the, especially the books in the New Testament, especially the epistles that are letters, uh, the, the name of the book is generally speaking to whom the letter is written by and large. So like the book of Romans is written to the church in Rome. Uh, and Paul, we are very sure, wrote this one. Yes. We're not always sure Paul wrote right. all of the ones. It's frustrating. I know, it's I the worst. I can't one. either. And if, and it changes a little bit too, like yes. a scholarship deepens. They're like, we used to think this was Paul. Yep. Turns out it probably wasn't. Ah, oh, come on. Um, just, you know, plagiarism and taking credit for people's work was not as much of a thing 2,000 right. years ago as it is now. Um, at any rate, we're pretty darn sure Paul wrote this one. Mm-hmm. He's writing this letter to the church in Rome. He does not know these people. He's not founded this church, uh, but he knows some of the individuals there and has some connections there. And he's heard that there are some, uh, there's some conflict among them because it is a church comprised of uh, faithful Jews who have been walking the way, who have come to know Jesus, and a, a wide variety of Gentiles who have also been converted. There's also, if you want to like dive deep for a hot sec, uh, the Jews were kicked out of Rome for a period of time, uh, and then they came back to find that the Gentile Christians had been keeping up the church in their absence. But now there was all this debate about like, well, but how Jewish are you supposed to be in order to oh, be a yes. Christian, right? And right. so there was some conflict there, like how do we do this right, yes. which totally makes sense. New church, new faith, new tradition. What are we supposed to do here? Yes. So Paul, as a as a pastor, as a teacher, is writing this letter to the Romans to say, okay, here's let's refocus on what's most important. Let me help you get back on track. Yeah, and as we've heard these couple of readings now, it seems like it's always a uh, mutual encouragement and um, in the gospel. So Paul's like referring to the power of the proclamation to give faith, which is actually a pretty good intro to what we're going to hear about today. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Faith is the word again. Yes. And that is so heavy in the book of Romans. I mean, I think you led us into that really well, Pastor Eric, a couple weeks ago when you did Romans chapter one and talked a lot about just the really the basics of this book. In particular, uh, the reason people hearken back to Romans so much is just how foundational this book is, especially for a lot of Protestant theology. Uh, Luther and Wesley as well had just, this was just so core to kind of their internal, uh, I mean, revival practically, yeah. right? So um, so this is a really central book. Probably not insignificant that it is the first epistle. Yeah. So Gospels, Acts, 
right into Romans. Right into Romans, and it's and it's so key. Uh, and one of the things that Paul does so well is 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 harken back to, you know, previous stories in Scripture, previous examples. Yes. Paul knows his Bible super duper well, yes. um, so he's trying to find these these common points to bring all these you know young believers basically together yeah. as one community. Make a good point. He was very highly educated. Uh, on in scripture yes yep yep that previous to i mean his conversion really he was um i mean he was big into the law right big into scripture he knew what he was talking about so he is really well positioned i think to have this kind of loving conversation with the church in rome yeah and the 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 er, big issue for the early christians and jews was how how does um ecumenism oh yeah 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 all these people now everyone's welcome to become a follower of the way to be a disciple of jesus christ that's what's happened is it's become free to everyone and so that's a big question that they keep asking so then how does the law play into this and right you know the former things of the jewish faith Right. And I feel like that's a lot of what the, the epistles and especially the Pauline epi- epistles have something to do with. Like, I feel like if there's two things that Paul is tending to write about, it's one like how much of the law still applies, right? Like how Jewish do the Gentile converts need to be kind of right. this? How do we mix these traditions yeah. respectfully? And then the other conversation I think has a lot to do like um, how do a really socioeconomically diverse group of people mm-hmm take care of each other and get along Excellent. like right so it, it there's probably way more nuance to it than that but i feel like that's some of the big points of contact right yeah. and if you flash that forward you know 2000 years what are some of the things the church still fights about today how into the law do we need to be yep. right like how careful do and specific do we need to be about our legalism and our morality and then secondly like no but really how do we take care of each other yep. right like how what is an appropriate amount of engagement in the world and and like getting yep. into each other's lives so it's you know it's just kind of being human some things never change right no and you i think that's exactly it that it's it's humanity right and that's paul speaking to that and so actually why don't we hear the verses for this week and then we have some more to say about oh boy we are reading from uh romans chapter four we're only as far as romans four yeah oh man (laughs) paul why are you still writing no it's good (laughs) stuff i i fight with paul but i love him too so we're reading from chapter four and it's a little bit broken up we're going to read verses 13 through 16 and then 20 through 25. so paul writes For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath. But where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of he is the father of all of us. And then moving forward to verse 20. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, the words, it was reckoned to him, were written 
not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Woo! Why is Paul talking about Abraham? What the heck is going on here? Yeah, so I was hoping that we could take this opportunity to talk. You know, I've mentioned in the past, and I think it's always important to just remember about the law and the gospel. The law. Yeah, how they play in our faith. And every time we read scripture, scripture either functions as law or gospel. And it's important to always ask, where's the law here and where's the gospel? And I just want to be clear. The law is not only in the Old Testament and the gospel is not only in the New Testament. Just like you said, Pastor Eric, it is about the function of the word not us, not the location of it, right? So you can find heavy law passages in Jesus's own words, and you can find Mm -hmm. super deep gospel passages like out of Leviticus, right? Right. So it is about what it does to you. That's what makes it law or gospel. Exactly. So how is the how is what you're hearing in the word functioning, or how is it hitting you? Yes. Well, and so we because we jumped in our reading, quite many verses Mm -hmm. ahead. We kind of went over some of the law stuff, and in order, let's just jump into. So yeah, what do we mean when we when we're talking about the law? Right. Um, I just some things that came to my mind is a sinner always wants to have a part in their salvation. Yeah. They they want to contribute something. And so that, you know, we always therefore have that sense where we want to say, I'm and and it's true. I'm a good person. Right. I live a good life. Yeah. I've never broken the law. I've never been, you know, I've never even been pulled over for speeding. I, <laughs> Support my that, family. That makes one of us on yeah. never no, being pulled over. <laughs> yeah, that, just to be clear, I wasn't admitting that. Boy. Someday I'll tell you the story of getting pulled over for speeding while wearing my clergy collar oh. on the way to church in the morning. Sinner! That oh, that's, a, that's another story, my friend. We'll tell that story someday. Anyway, no, yes, that and that is... The, the human that tendency. Like good stuff, right? right? Oh, yeah. I should be able to do this on my own, right? Like, I should be able to work myself out of this. I mean, I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, People think I'm good. Uh, yeah, no, right. I'm I can keep I can, I can keep showing them how good I am. Like, yeah. I can keep pretending. I can so, keep up the facade. What's wrong with that? Well, the thing is that we're never going to earn our salvation on our own. You're just not. And friends, I'm looking at you right in the eyes right now. You are a good person. I love you. I care about you. You are great. And also, (laughs) you can't earn your salvation on your own because you're going to mess it up because that's what it is to be human. Let's not... Uh, find comfort in our good deeds because Isaiah reminds us uh, in other places in yep. the word, this would be the law, that uh, our righteous acts are like filthy red. Oh! Even when we, you know, like I talked about Luther a lot, I know. Sorry for all that. Hey, we, are Luther, we are Luther. We are Lutherans. So it's fair. But <laughs> the, the that's the thing about Luther as a good example of that, is that he was living the most legalistic, faithful life possible, and he was not comforted about his relationship yeah. with God. Yeah. And so that's that's what the the law, the truth, the law helps us to see the truth yeah. that um, apart from it, we we aren't going to be able to make ourselves righteous before God. Yes. The law was given to reveal our sinfulness and our you know the extent of our sin. 
and that even when we do good things, it's not earning us what we need. And so if it, I, I, I thought of a, an illustration that I just love. Oh, yeah? That I'm, I'm just going to uh, lay it on you right now. Bring it. So, I'll, But I'll give you an abbreviated version. So there's a guy <laughs> who dies and finds himself at the pearly gates. And St. Peter explains, you know, well, welcome. There's You need a thousand points to get in. So why don't you tell me about your life? And so he's talking about all those good things that are truly good things that he has done. And he was an upstanding person. But at each time he says thing you know st peter is counting he's like well that's five points that's 10 points that's 15 that's 20 good you know good job but the guy's kind of running out of everything he can think of and st peter or he finally out of exasperation says you know if not for the grace of god i'm never going to get in there and st peter says well that's a thousand points come on in and so there you go. And that's the point of the story, right? Like, I think whenever we say things like, well, the law is never going to save you. You can't just, you know, keep pointing to your good works and assume that that's going to take care of it. I think our natural response is, well, then what's even the point, right? Like, why yes. should I even try to do good things? Mm-hmm. Well, because you, you've kind of got the order flipped around. It isn't that you do good things in order to receive God's love. It's because you have received God's love you can go do good things. Yes. Your neighbor needs you to take care of them. Your neighbor Absolutely. needs your acts of faith and justice and care and compassion. Your neighbor needs that. Creation needs that. The world is yes. in need of your good work. Yeah. But, slash, and, um, that's not what saves you. It is the grace of God right. that saves you, right? right? So, like, when Paul references back to to Abraham in this passage for 14, what, what he's talking about is he's talking about Abraham, like, as this patriarch of faith who, like, establishes all these acts of faithfulness and law. Um, but what Paul is saying, yeah, but how did that get started, right? Is it that Abraham did everything right, and therefore God said, yeah, to you, I promise a nation. I, If I may, I'm a flashback yes. to Genesis 15. 15, right, all the way back in Genesis. This is the reference that Paul, this is what Paul yeah. is quoting, right? Like he's not just making, <laughs> making he's this up. it to people who know what he's talking about. He's reminding right. them. He's right. not saying, oh, hey, this happened. He's saying, remember what you know from the word, from scripture. You who treasure Abraham as your forefather in faith, keep this part in mind. So this is starting right at the top of the chapter in Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Remember, Abraham is still called Abram. And this Abram eventually gets his name changed to Abraham. So don't freak out. He's just still Abram here. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring. And so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness, right? So this is Abram with no kids, no descendants in a time when like your legacy is your descendants. So God has promised Abram, hey, you go, you go to a land that I'm going to promise you, I'm going to give you everything. And Abram's like, yeah, sure. So Abram's followed this promise and is now in a foreign land, still has no kids. He is old. He knows that he's going to die childless and everything that was his inheritance is going to go to someone else entirely. So he's, you know, he's He's panicking. He's yep. desperate. And he says to God, what do you, 
what are you going to give me? Like, how does this work? And God says, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you as many descendants as there are stars in the sky. And Abram doesn't go, yeah, prove it. Abram goes, okay, I believe. And Paul says, like, this this is the key part. Not that Abram lived this, like, perfect, law-abiding, sinless life, but that God said, this is how it will be. And Abram said, yes. yes. Right? This is the reckoned it to him as righteousness. Right? Because, like, at the end, um, in verse 23 here and back in Romans, Paul says, now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, yes. but for ours also. Yep. We're the ones who need to hear this is yep. an act of faith. Yep. This is not like us abiding by the law and being so perfect and moral and upright that God chooses us, but that us, we just we just accept what it is that God yep. says. That's never been the way it works, but that's how humans continue to force it. We push it that direction. But the premise is how how a righteous, the premise of this book that Paul is laying out is how a righteous God can justify the ungodly. And that's that's who God is. Yeah. That's the story of the Bible. Right. And that's okay for us to repent and accept the fact that we are the ungodly because that's exactly who this story is for. And we need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. We need to hear it over and over. It's part of the reason why I love those Old Testament stories is because we have all these just like, you know, hallmarks of faith. These, you know, we've got Moses and Abraham and King David and we've got you know Esther and we've got Ruth and we've got all these incredible characters and and almost without exception they all mess up right. like they all Why make they? right cuz they're human <laughs> yes. and it's so easy for us to to put them way up and and even to look at their mistakes you know codified in scripture and say oh 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 here's why that wasn't actually a mistake here's why no 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 here they were right. doing the right we we try to explain it That's away right as yeah. if someone can't be fully human and that means no sinful and, and right. messing up and right. imperfect and in need of God's grace. And that's the good news. Yes! And, and also book ended in our verses today are Abraham is the example Paul's giving right. from the Old Testament, from from the past. Right. And then, he, you know, almost contemporary in his life, he's talking about the present example of Jesus is the same fulfillment of God's promise. This is a God who who makes promises and keeps them. Yes. And so we we he's saying God did it for Abraham and he did this for you in Jesus. And you can trust, you can believe it's true. You are free. Right. You are free to right. love the law. Yes. The law is not um, hoard, you know, hanging over you as something you can't ever fulfill. Right. And even the little bit you can do isn't good enough. That doesn't, you, the law is a gift to order your life. Yeah. The world because we are now the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, so now what do we do? We've been saved. We're free. What do we do? We get to give our lives, just as Jesus said, as I've loved you, you also should love one another. Yep. You get to do that yeah. with your life. And you get to, free. right, and you get to do it without fear of, oh, am I doing it the right way or the wrong way? Right. Like, am I, is, is God going to punish me for this or is God going to love me for this? You get to get out there and say, like, all right, the rule is that I, okay, not only just not, because the, the one people like to point to is, you know, in the Ten Commandments, you should not kill. Oh, that's easy right. enough for me to keep. Like, I haven't murdered Definitely. anyone today, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yet um <laughs> but when luther talks about the 10 commandments he reminds us that it's not just that you should not yeah. you know 
actively exactly. kill someone, but you should also not passively no. deny life to someone. You should make sure that they have enough to eat, mm -hmm. that they have a safe place to live. You should make sure that your actions aren't keeping life from someone else. Well, instead yes. of going, oh, I'm paralyzed by how many ways I could get that wrong. Instead, you get to go out and say, okay, today I am called to bring life. How can I do that? Yep. What's a way that I can make sure someone has enough to eat? What's a way that I can make sure someone has a safe place to sleep tonight? What's a way that I can make sure that I'm not I'm not killing not only with my actions, but also with my words, but also, also with the way I'm treating other people? Mm -hmm. And not like, oh, if I fail, I'm going to hell. But mm -hmm. like, all right, this that's is an invitation been, to me. Right, You're right. You are saved by the grace of God, right? Yep. Like full stop. So celebrate. Celebrate. And if you get it wrong today, you get to do it again yep. tomorrow. And you will get it wrong. Amen. And and, <laughs> and that doesn't mean that your sin is no longer sin. It is. And it's it's a bad deal. You gotta you and God. But, you gotta repent. You gotta Christ try again. Has forgiven you. Yes. You are your sins are forgiven on yes. his account. Yes. And you're yeah, you're free to, to go and to serve and love your neighbors. Yep, that's what we do. We we come together, we confess our sin, we're reminded of God's forgiveness, and we get back out there yeah. to try again next time. Yeah, and I, I'm reminded of the one of our Lutheran slogans is sin boldly, but <laughs> trust in Christ more boldly. Yes, that's a part of the line that people forget, I think. Yes. Go ahead and sin boldly, right. yes. There's a part to and, and mm -hmm. remember that it is because you can trust in God's grace. Yes. Yep, Abraham did, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and the same is true of you. And also that um, you are doing these things even when you're not aware. That's also, I think, always the good news I like to hear is that God does work through you everywhere you go. Christ goes with you. And so go, Easter people. Yes. Share the good news. Yes, get out into the world, friends. And I guess that brings us to our time. And so... It's time for you to get out into that world. Yes. Yeah. Go do it. Go do it now. Yes. Yes. So thanks again for listening and being with us here for the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and... Carry On! The work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone. Oh, no.